Hi, this is Janine. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Today's featured guest is Kelly McGonigal. She's a research psychologist, a lecturer at Stanford University, and an award-winning science writer. She is the author of the international bestseller, The Willpower Instinct, The Upside of Stress, and Yoga for Pain Relief. Her work has been published in 28 languages. Since 2000, she has taught dance, yoga, and group exercise in the San Francisco Bay Area. We're going to chat about Kelly's latest book, The Joy of Movement, How Exercise Helps Find Happiness, Hope, Connection, and Courage. Kelly's latest book is a science-based book that doesn't tell us why we should exercise, but instead shows us how to fall in love with movement. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Kelly McGonigal. Hi, Kelly. Hi, thanks for having me. As I mentioned, I was so intrigued because your new book, The Joy of Movement, How Exercise Helps Us Find Happiness, Hope, Connection, and Courage, is so in line with really how I live my life. How do you experience it? Well, I've been through a lot of different things, a lot of lately, you know, losing a friend uh, several years ago, my dad, and I have to move every morning. And what happens is I was taking walks. uh, I even joined a group exercise class. And it just gives me the sense of uh, resilience and helps me start my day in a very strong, positive way. Yes. You know, I'm so glad that you went right to that sort of example because too often I think we think of the joy of movement as only a momentary endorphin rush. But really, movement allows us to access our resilience and our courage to literally move forward in life. Um, And it is one of the most powerful things that we can do for self-care, for mental health, and to enhance the, the meaning and the joy in our life. You know, and the other thing that really hit home for me is you know, we live at a time where uh, people are so, in, you know, captivated, hypnotized by their phones, especially teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of teens that are not exercising. And there's a high rate of anxiety and depression. And it's so scary. And I just feel like telling everyone, you've got to put the technology down. You've got to get out there. You know, there is some hope. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but I have been happy to see so many young people coming up with dance routines and other sort of like (laughs) like physical movement. So, you know, I'm always looking for like the way to take people where they are and move them to where they might want to be. So um, even with technology, what is the technology, we can experience the joys of movement. Definitely, definitely. So tell me, how did the book come about for you? Well, so I'm a psychologist, and, you know, my career is basically writing books about the science of well-being, but I also am an, uh, an exercise instructor. I have been for 20 years, and exercise has been one of the most powerful things that I do for my own mental health and for my, uh, my sense of community and belonging, and that's been true since I was a little girl, like, born with a brain that trends toward anxiety um, and self-doubt. And uh, I got hooked really early on on just like basic aerobics and dance exercise. That's great. Um, and so this book is me trying to share the science and hopefully inspire other people to find forms of movement that bring them joy. I, I read something really with lots of intriguing things, but one is that our muscles secrete hormones into your bloodstream that make your brain resilient to stress, and they're called hope molecules. Yes. First of all, do you not love that name? Love I came it. across that in a scientific paper, and it stopped me in my tracks. Yes. Yeah, this is, we, we have only known this for a few years, that your muscles are like an endocrine organ, and they don't just pull your bones around to help you move. Your muscles like, are manufacturing all of these chemicals, 
And when you exercise, they push chemicals out into your bloodstream that are basically an antidepressant. You can manufacture your own antidepressant. Right. The scientists call them hope molecules. And that's just one of the ways that, that exercise affects the brain. I think it's a kind of a magical way. So I shared with you... Uh like four years ago, my dad passed away. I immediately started taking long walks, like for an hour. I'd put on music without lyrics, and I would just lose myself. And I, at the end, I felt this sense of positivity of everything's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And, and I just felt this, like, high. Yeah, so there's something about moving in nature that in particular um, can be a transcendent and spiritual experience for people. Um, actually, the, the chapter that I wrote about exercising in nature starts with a story about a woman who lost her son to cancer mm-hmm. and um, how moving outdoors allowed her to, to, to feel like she could move forward and also to feel a sense of connection to him. And there is something very powerful about basic walking, putting one foot in front of the other, and especially when we do it outdoors, which seems to to allow us to shift into a mental state where we really can feel and sense and connect to things that are bigger than ourselves, and that can be a tremendous resource, um, both in times of loss and even when we're just trying to figure out, um, you know, an ordinary stress or problem in our lives. I feel like there's a complete mind shift of... To stop looking at exercise as a way to trim your thighs and you know buff yeah, your arms, please. But right, right. But to uh, work on your what's going on inside. Yes, and uh, unfortunately, I think when we focus too much on movement as a way to control or fix our bodies, or even like to punish ourselves for enjoying a good meal, we miss out on a lot of the ways that movement can can actually produce hope and meaning and joy in the moment. So I'm encouraging people to think about movement as an experience that you can enjoy, that can fill you with a sense of purpose, that can help you sense aspects of yourself, like your inner strength or your playfulness or your ability to persist when things get difficult. And it goes so much further than um, what it's going to do to your appearance. And when you focus on those aspects of movement, first of all, you're more likely to actually stick with it because it is more pleasurable and it's more meaningful. Um, But also, it seems to translate into every aspect of our lives to allow us to, to bring whatever we experience in movement into the other roles and relationships and goals that matter to us. Yeah. I feel like that if you take, I know this is true for me, if you take better care of yourself, your relationships will be uh, better as well because there's like a ripple effect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and people who are regularly active, they report better relationships with others. They're less lonely. Part of it is actually brain chemistry. So when you exercise, some of the chemicals that are responsible for what we call the exercise high, they're actually like bonding neurohormones, things like oxytocin and endocannabinoids and endorphins. They actually help us trust others and connect to others and enjoy interacting with others more. So um, part of it is biochemical, you know, but another part is also when we, when we move our bodies, we're engaging with life, and that sets us up to, to basically approach other relationships and other activities with that sense of purpose, and that, just, that improves you know, so much of what we do. I don't know about you, but I move every single day, even if it's a walk or you know, I don't have time for the gym, but it makes a huge difference. And you pointed out a lot of studies, um, I think it was lab rats or mice, whereas if they were denied getting on that wheel, you know, they, so things would happen to them internally. Oh, I know. I was that so was sad. It was, <laughs> was a terrible study. They, they did it with lab rats because if you, you couldn't do it to humans, they actually yeah. sacrificed the rodents to look at what was happening in their brains when they were denied access to their running wheels. And what you see is the parts of the brain that were activated in that last moment 
when they tried to run on the wheel and it like it couldn't turn uh. um that they were in a state of longing and desire and, mm-hmm. and frustration, almost like what you would see when you, you know, you're missing a loved one and you're longing for them. And uh, I, I wrote about that study just because um, it, it's evidence of how we actually form these amazing relationships with movement forms that support us. So it's why runners will say that they love running and swimmers love swimming and yoga devotees love yoga because if we pay attention to how it supports us in our life, um, we really come to crave and need it in a way that's often quite healthy. It's, it feels like an addiction to me, like, you know, I've got to do this just for my mental health. Yeah, it can be, I like to talk of it as being a dependence in the way that yeah. you can be dependent on your spouse or dependent on your friend mm-hmm. or dependent on a community that supports you. Um, it is a case you can get addicted to exercise in an unhealthy way. Right. And it's almost always because you are suffering in some way and exercise is such a powerful anti-anxiety or antidepressant that it can almost overwhelm you to the point where people can get into some unhealthy patterns. But for most people, it's a healthy dependence. Right. I had an actual injury because I wasn't listening to my body and I was so into running and I wasn't looking at the red flags of, oh, what's that twinge? And, oh, that's sciatica, you know, that kind of thing. And sometimes you have to find a new form of movement that has a similar feeling to it. Um, I mean, that happens often as people age, as their bodies change, as their, their lifestyle changes. And, uh, you know, if you follow your joy, you will often find that there is another form of movement, maybe, you know, entering the water if you have an injury that prevents you from running. Mm-hmm. Um, when I wrote the book, one of the things that was really important to me was to visit communities where people are dealing with serious physical obstacles to movement, like um, being in a wheelchair or suffering from Parkinson's disease. And that, you know, even in these circumstances where it is literally difficult to move, that people are reporting the same psychological and social benefits from the movement that, um, that they're able to do, um, which is often just as beautiful and powerful. Yeah. I feel like it's really important as we age to continue to be active, even if, if it's a small way, because um, if you reach, you know, the, uh, you're in your 80s and you're not moving, you can, I feel like you can get really depressed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at any stage of life, but studies show that our brains become more responsive to the, the benefits of exercise as we age. So with every decade, your brain is basically getting hungrier for exercise. And it's why a lot of the people I talk to, they thought they hated exercise until mm. they hit midlife or later in life. And suddenly um, they realize what an impact it could have on their day-to-day mood and on their hope. Yes. So if anyone's listening and thinks exercise isn't for you, know that this is... It, it doesn't matter if you think you were born to hate exercise, mm-hmm. that um, if you're a human being, your brain will reward you for it, and that becomes clearer as we get older in life. There, were, there was another thing that uh, stood out to me. You talk about, you were talking about rowing, and I rowed in college, and that feeling of synergy. It's not about you. You're, you're functioning as an entire being, these eight people plus the coxswain in the boat. But you talked about other sports where when you're, I forget the term, but um, when you're in sync with one another, it's so powerful. The the collective joy. Yes. Um, So it can happen when you're rowing or when you're walking in stride with others or, you know, when you're in a group fitness class and you're all cycling at the same cadence or I teach yoga and dance. So for me, it's being in synchrony through flow yoga or through dance. And people often report this is like truly a rush, a kind of euphoria, a feeling so connected to not only the other people you're moving with, but somehow your sense of self expands. You feel connected to something bigger than yourself, and you have all of that, that sense of power 
and possibility that is bigger than you. And it's why moving with other people is so often a profound source of hope and optimism for people, as well as a, a, a source of belonging. After reading your book, I decided to make that one of my goals for the year is to start taking a group exercise class in any form because I used to do that and it did give me a lot of joy. Yeah, go for it. And especially since you have that background with rowing, I encourage you to find something where you immediately sense that synchrony is an important part of the experience. Mm -hmm. It's going to be true for a lot of movement classes. What else would you like people to know about your book? Um, you know, so I started out this book thinking it was just a love letter to movement. Um, but as it turned out, when I talked to people about how movement supported them through difficult life experiences and across the lifespan, um, people surprised me by telling me stories that revealed the good in human nature. So not just why exercise is good for you, but like why, why human beings are so incredible. Because movement stories are often stories about resilience and stories about um, cooperation and kindness and persistence and endurance and the ability to endure the unendurable um, and all these amazing capacities that human beings have in which people were able to experience them first through physical activity and then bring them into other parts of their lives. So I hope that, that people will be inspired not only to move, but that also, you know, if you read this book, that you might feel a little uplifted about how incredible human beings can be. Definitely. Okay, so I want to mention your book again, The Joy of Movement, How Exercise Helps Us Find Happiness, Hope, Connection, and Courage. We've been speaking with Kelly McGonigal. Um, if, they can, uh, if they want to find you online, where are you? KellyMcGonigal.com or just search The Joy of Movement and you will find me. Perfect. Thank you so much for calling into the station. This has been great. Well, thank you. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.